<laughs> Hello, kiddies. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And tonight, I'd like to introduce all of you creeps to the Crypt Keeper's podcast, hosted by Spooky Bruce and Hora Ryan. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. <laughs> well, whenever you're ready to get started with this Epidas. <laughs> it was a typo. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, it's me. Okay. Hello, boils, ghouls, and non-binary fiends. I'm Spooky Bruce. And I'm Horror Ryan. This is The Crypt Keepers, a podcast where we examine the HBO horror anthology series Tales from the Crypt and the comics that inspired it. This week, we're covering the seventh episode of season two, The Sacrifice, based on the story from Shock Suspense Stories number 10. And here we are again, examining the theme, the ongoing theme of this uh, season, which is like relationships and love gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Right. This is uh, like the fourth or fifth one. Oh, no. No. There's only one episode that doesn't isn't themed after relationships so far. Yeah. And that was cutting cards. Yes. Because yeah, we, we know because we love it. Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> we goddamn love. See, we have a relationship with Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> but this is another one of this season two. Six of the seven episodes that we have covered so far are about jealousy, lust, love, revenge. Yes. Blackmail. All that stuff. So this is, what's funny is, we're recording this close to Valentine's Day. Uh-huh. So this is the Valentine season. Yeah. With it's, the Valentine season, apparently, of Tales from the Crypt. Right. It's the anti-Valentines, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. So how you doing? Pretty good. I yeah. got my my drink here. Why now, do you have a drink there? My favorite hockey team is poop. <laughs> Second second podcast in a row that we've watched a game and then they lose and they lose and then we come down here. The thing is, I'm I'm not pointing fingers. Uh huh. My team was up two zero. <laughs> Spooky Bruce shows up and they lose. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever tell you about the time that we proved magic is real? Hmm. Okay, so um, I was at my buddy Tony's house. Uh, a bunch of our friends were there watching uh, football. He's a big Cleveland Browns fan. So oh, yeah, you know, he's used him. to disappointment. <laughs> right. And he gets really excited at one point because they're making a drive. He gets really excited. He goes, I need to get my receiver gloves on. And I was like, Tony, magic is not real. That's that, that magic's not real, buddy. Yeah. It won't matter if you're wearing your, your receiver gloves or not. As soon as he gets back with his receiver gloves on and sits down, they scored a touchdown. Ooh. <laughs> and so ever since they were all like, magic is real. It is real. It is. I don't know what my team needs, but magic. They might, definitely need some magic. They need some fucking yeah. magic, but oh well, it is what it is. But I got to see some my favorite sport with my good buddy. Yeah, so yeah. So, wins. speaking of good buddies, yes, I want to give a special shout out to our good friends at Wolves Den Printing. Yes, out of nowhere, they decided just to update our social media logos and um, like profile pictures yeah. and stuff. They sent it to us, and I was blown away. I was too. In fact, I was so blown away that I had no idea what to say, and I think I came across as an asshole. I didn't mean <laughs> it. I didn't mean it because I was just like, "Oh, oh, dope, awesome," and like I was like, I was so blown away that I was just speechless, and I don't think I like properly conveyed like how excited and appreciative I was. So like, I really appreciate it. And it's it's complete. It's awesome. Oh yeah! Thank you so, so awesome. much, Wolves Den Printing. Definitely appreciate everything. We put it all over our social media, and I got it as my profile picture on Instagram. I think. Yeah, but. yeah. I've changed all the artwork. Oh yeah, for our fantastic. social profile, uh, social media profiles, and in the, in the uh, what you see in the art when you call up the podcast, whatever like podcast app you're listening to. Uh, yeah, it, it was so great. awesome. It looks so good. Actually, it looks like we know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> See what happens when we when we get some professional. We had to borrow someone else's competence. <laughs> I'm not saying no to that. They're definitely smarter than us, for sure. Yeah. It, it's very, very awesome. Like, I don't know what to do sometimes when people, like, just show me just an act of generosity and kindness. I'm just like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. And it's the same way I feel with compliments. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. I can't. I just... 
Like, I don't I don't get it. It I, just blocks there's a block in my head that stops it. I can't take a compliment and I have to respond to compliments with like self-deprecating humor. Oh yeah. Yeah. What it's funny when I started dating Natalie, mm-hmm. she would be like, I hate you you always have self-deprecating humor about yourself and all that stuff. And I'm like, I mean, it's just me. It's my sense of humor. Yeah. And it's weird that I haven't really done that lately over the last like two years. Huh. It's gone down a whole lot because she's like trying to f- fix some sort of <laughs> wiring in my head that does not allow myself to just yeah. enjoy a compliment or be appreciative of a compliment yeah. because it's nothing negative towards who's giving the compliment. Mm-hmm. It's just, wh- what did you call it? You called it something recently. We talked about this before. Uh, a syndrome. Oh God, what did I call? I know, I know what you're talking about and I don't remember off the top of my head right now what, what that is. Right. It's basically the, um, you, someone doesn't necessarily have the mental capacity to process a compliment. Yeah. And they're otherwise like I, I've played drums in multiple bands ever since I was 15 mm-hmm. and I've had a bunch of people like great show, you know, that's awesome. You're oh, doing really well. Imposter like, syndrome. Imposter yeah, syndrome. That's yeah. It, yeah. And I'm like, I'm poop. Yeah. I met, I, I mixed, I mixed up this one beat for two seconds and I know it's trash. Yeah. But someone out in the crowd's like, great show. I'm like, you liar. <laughs> like, I I used to write a lot, and I have won awards for writing. I've been published, whatever. Um, I always get excellent grades writing. And for the first time ever in my life, last week, I got a bad grade on a writing project. And I was like, yep, that makes sense. <laughs> that like makes the sense. secret's out? Yeah. Like, uh-oh, I'm finally caught. But you were saying that that was more like a misunderstanding with the no, project. No, well, no, it wasn't a misunderstanding with the project. I didn't do the project right. I did not, um, I, I just did not meet the criteria for the project. And uh, the teacher was very harsh in her criticisms, but yeah. also extremely helpful with like her suggestions, like how to improve it. Right. But yeah. in your head, you're like, I mean, I've been pooped from the rest of my life. Yeah, so, so this, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Even though you've had A's, like, all, yeah. Right, right. Like, uh, one time, the, the first go-around of college, I wrote a paper, like, an hour before class. Mm-hmm. And then the next time in class, the teacher read it before class as an example to everyone of how to properly take your time with a paper. <laughs> Are you sitting in the back of the class like, oh, shit? <laughs> yeah. And at first, like, oh, I'm caught. I'm caught. Like, And then, like, he read it out. And he's like, it's clear that Bruce took his time. He made his arguments, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, No, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I got you fooled. <laughs> right. The um, Probably, I have an associate's degree. And, and with my schooling, for some reason, history just clicks. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of stuff that I, I can retain a lot of stuff and it really interests me. Mm-hmm. And within two semesters, I took four history classes mm-hmm. and I tutored and I got A's in every class. Right. But if you, if you show me in a table of elements, fuck me. Right. I, mean, people, I just can't do it. People have their strengths. And I, I've been the same way. Like I'm terrible at math, mm-hmm. but um, I took a math based uh, astronomy class and aced it. Hmm. I think it's just you have to have the right kind of way of looking at it. Yeah. You put it in a proper context, I think you will understand it. Yeah. For me, it's always been uh, math and history, science. I just can't. Mm-hmm. It just Something stops me from understanding it, hmm. especially chemistry. Yeah. I, I couldn't get that. I couldn't do that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will have another shout out. Yeah. So we like, on this podcast, we like our bad movies. Oh, we do. And I was showing some friends. I don't believe there's a bad movie, right? Like, you can say that, hey, this movie wasn't great quality. Right. Right. But I believe if you find enjoyment in the movie, if you find something of value in that movie, it's not a bad movie. I could could agree with that. Yeah. I'll buy that. Well, I have a movie I cannot wait to show you. (laughs) Buddy of mine, Mustachio. The Mysterious gave, Mustachio. Yeah, The Mysterious Mustachio. He gave me a copy of a movie called Exterminator City. <laughs> I've never heard of this. It's one of the joys of my life, Bruce. <laughs> it's, it's a joy. 
then we watched it and with the specific intent that I cannot wait to show you. Awesome. Awesome. It's sleazy. It sounds robots. like is this is this something that like came out of the eighties? It sounds like it sounds like one of those American Carnage movies that would have come out in the eighties. We know we're like the cities are falling apart and someone needs some some good uh, upstanding middle class working class American needs to put a stop to it. No, no, it's not in the two thousands. <laughs> oh shit, really? Like I think in the very beginning of the credits, there's a website link. <laughs> I am very excited to show you. And if you want to, we can watch Exterminator City. It's up to you how late you want to be up. <laughs> oh, no. I might, might Maybe something we do later in the week. All right. I appreciate the offer, though. Yeah, but uh, once again, thank you to um, Stachio for providing me with a brand new joy yeah. in my uh, attempt to show <laughs> as many friends the most insane movies I can possibly find. That's awesome. So, and... Anyone listening, if you know a really fucked up movie that's a really great movie to show friends, everybody partying, what's a great party movie that you could put on, everyone will freak out by what they see? Yeah. I love those movies because it's more of a social yeah. uh, event. Yeah. Because like I love the movie Things mm-hmm. from 1989. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Everything in the movie, from the acting to the voices to the script to the lighting to the music, is done by morons. <laughs> Basically, I don't know how else to describe it, but it is so fun to watch that movie with a group of people because it's just it's just a good time. Yeah. I don't know if I'd watch it by myself. Yeah, well, you did the first time around. Yeah, and I hated it. <laughs> and then I started to show people who've never seen it and and. Watching people watch movies that are fucked up, I love it. Yeah. It's a pastime of mine. So if anyone knows any of the movie that you, hmm, maybe those guys might like that movie. It's really fucked up. Send them our way. Back in the day, that movie was Redneck Zombies for me and my group of friends. Have you ever seen that? No. We're going to check that out sometime. Okay. You're going to love it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember back in the day, this is, this is, now it feels like 50 years ago, but right. back in the olden days, People had to go to a kiosk <laughs> to get foreign films. You young whippersnappers <laughs> with your Netflix, your a God kiosk, M, your your Luhus. The the kiosk is the old days for you. Well, not the I'm, video store. The kiosk. There wasn't foreign films at the video store. Oh, it depends on what the video store you went to. Not the ones I went to. <laughs> there was fifty eight rows of Titanic. Well, you had to go to like the local stores, not like Blockbuster. Or yeah, Red we didn't Giraffe have any of the, the local mom and pops, but I remember going to the kiosk and I remember seeing Suicide Club. Oh, yeah. Was that um, this one where all the teenage girls kill themselves? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was a party movie. Yeah. That was fucked up. Yeah. And one of my, I, I probably my favorite movie of all time I discovered from that kiosk is Old Boy. Oh, God. That's not a party movie. <laughs> In 2003, it was. <laughs> <laughs> but now that's my favorite movie of all time. And uh, Park Chan-wook is my favorite director. Yeah. A lot. He, I mean, I think almost every movie that he's done is great. Yeah. So, but yeah, um, send it to us at Horror Ryan on Twitter or at Mr. Spooky Bruce of any movie. You're like, hmm, I think those those idiots might yeah. really like this movie. Because <laughs> we, like we like to party here on the Crypt Keepers pod. Uh, anyway, you ready to get started with this actual episode? Well, into yeah. It. Well, here's the thing. Last podcast, yeah, I said, "Hmm, the sacrifice." If I remember correctly, this is a really good one. <laughs> See, you didn't like it. I enjoyed it. I think this might be the first time that we have this reversal where I enjoyed the episode and you enjoyed the comic. Yes. Yeah. I, th- I think this is the first time that I don't think I've ever like shit on any episode or comic mm-hmm. but this is the first time that i honestly feel with 100 percent that the comic is better hmm. than the episode i don't know it just seems convoluted but we'll get into it but it definitely is another story of lust love and murder <laughs> so you ready to go into the the synopsis let's do it all right directed by richard greenberg written by ross thomas starring kim delaney kevin kilner don hood and Michael Ironsides. Let me rec- let me correct myself there. Michael Goddamn Ironsides. Goddamn Ironsides. <laughs> James, an insurance salesman, begins an affair with Gloria, the wife of a wealthy client. 
Gloria convinces James to kill her husband so they can begin a life together. After the murder, they are confronted by Gloria's stalker, Jasper, who photographed the killing. Jasper blackmails the couple, saying unless James shares Gloria with him, he will turn over the evidence to the cops. After a month of watching Gloria being sexually degraded and abused by Jasper, James writes a confession absolving Gloria of any responsibility for her husband's death. Then, he downs a handful of pills, killing himself. With the only witness to her husband's murder dead, Gloria celebrates with Jasper, revealing they were playing James all along. Dun, dun, dun! See, okay, so, right out of the gate, I want to tell you why I like this episode and why I cannot believe you didn't like, you did not like it. Michael Ironsides? Michael fucking Ironsides! I, I fucking knew it! <laughs> He's, he is the winner yeah. of this episode. Yeah. Michael Ironside, I think he's the same, um, in the same breath as Miguel. Miguel Ferrer? No, no. You don't think that they're both like 80s dirtbags? No, because they have like, uh, they have a different kind of niche that they fill. Uh, We'll get into that in a moment. So you want to go into like the who's who of this episode? Yeah. So we have the uh, director, Richard Greenberg. He, He only directed one other thing. That I could find. That's the movie Little Monsters. Ooh, young that's Fred a Savage. great movie. Yeah, it's a it's a good fun movie. It's, it's a great, good, classic. good like uh, introductory horror movies for kids. Yeah, it's a great movies. Yeah, uh, but mainly his work was doing title. It was doing title design and title sequences for movies. That's cool. Like uh, Flash Gordon is going to do that kind of thing. Not cool. very many. He, his output is very slim. Yeah. Um, and then we had uh, Ross Thomas was the writer. Mm-hmm. Uh. He wrote a handful of things, mostly like crime shows, detective shows, mm-hmm. but he was mainly a fiction writer and has like 25 novels to his name. So it's oh, like wow. a hardcore crime or like hardcore crime, like hard boiled crime novels. Right. Um, then we have Kim Delaney as Gloria mm-hmm. and uh, tons and tons of TV roles since the early 80s, like soap operas, um, medical dramas, cop shows. Like I think her biggest role, like where most people know her from, is probably NYPD Blue. Uh, oh. She was one of the main stars on that. Um, oh, good for her. She was on LA Law, so we have another LA Law alum mm-hmm. on this show. Uh, then we have uh, Kevin Kilner, and once again, this tons and tons of small TV roles going back to 1990. This might have been like his first or second credit. He was also on LA Law. Oh shit! Once, yes. And I think the biggest thing he ever did was he was the lead or one of the leads on a, um, a syndicated sci-fi show in the 90s called Earth Final Conflict. Or it was like Gene Roddenberry's Earth Final Conflict. Oh, I've yeah. Never heard of it. Yeah, it was just a bad 90s sci-fi show. Oh wow. Uh, Don Hood. As what was his? I, I can't. His name escapes now. Sebastian. He's, Sebastian. He is Gloria's husband. Yes. Um, this dude, you would see a lot of him in the eighties and nineties. Like if you needed a, an affable, rough around the edges Southern dude, this is who you got. A Texas oil man. To, the te- he's like Texas oil man. Um, uh, a judge, a cop. Like this was the dude you got. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's not. I don't think his name is well known, but like you see him, you know this guy. You know his if, voice. If you hear his voice, yeah, you definitely know, you who know it him. Is. Yeah, um, and then there's Michael Motherfucking Ironsides. <laughs> so, so does the motherfucking just go naturally? Just goes naturally with it. What a great last name! I know Ironside. I, I know, and you know it matches the man. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Oh for sure. Yeah, he has this aura of like understated menace about him. And just gravity. Right. I feel like if you look at him, mm-hmm. just who whoever's listening, Google Michael Ironside. And once you see the picture, because I showed Natalie a picture of him. Yeah. Like, maybe you've seen him. And as soon as I showed it to her, she's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. yeah. He's been a, a bad guy in a lot of movies. Oh, bad guys, good guys, whatever. And he is, he, I swear to God, he's like you shaved a bulldog and taught, taught it how to walk upright. Oh, no. I have yeah. a better analogy. What's that? He's Jack Nicholson with balls. <laughs> what? <laughs> he's way good. He's like Jack Nicholson if he was fucking the man. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is the man. No, what? he's not. Michael Ironside's the man. <laughs> he's way cooler than they Jack Nicholson. They can both be the man. Not with my, my fucking Ironside. <laughs> so like he was, was showing with that accent, by the way. 
he was the killer in a 80s slasher movie called Visiting Hours. I've never seen it. I've always meant to see it because the poster would terrify me as a kid. All the poster is is a hospital building that's been like blacked out like the power's out. Uh-huh. But there is power in certain windows and it forms the shape of a skull. Ooh. Yeah. That, that used to terrify me when I was four years old. I'd see that poster and just get... I've never heard of it. I, <laughs> unnaturally I'm totally scared. Down to watch it. I know my favorite role that he's been in. What's that? Starship Troopers. Oh, Starship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is the uh, the the drill sergeant? Yeah, yeah. Or no, he was a teacher, oh, and he re ups after Rio, Rio de Janeiro is destroyed. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the show V. Have you ever seen V? No. Okay, V is uh, great. Uh, it was a uh, miniseries that became a TV series on NBC in the eighties, and these aliens come down. They look like us, and they're like, "Hey, our planet is dying. We need water." And in exchange, we will give you the cure to every disease. Oh. But they start integrating themselves into society. Mm-hmm. And they eventually just take over. Oh. Right? And so there is a resistance against them. And Michael Ironsides plays a terrorist that they're like, shit, this dude's a bad guy, but we need him to fight the aliens. Oh. Basically, yeah. Cool. Um, he's in Top Gun. He's one of the trainers in Top Gun. He's scanners. Prom Night 2, he was the principal. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Hello, to- Mary Sue. Yeah. Total Recall. Uh, this is the first of like I think two or three Telson Crypt appearances. Oh, cool. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Starship Troopers, like you said, in the Timverse. You know, the Batman animated series, Superman, Justice League. Mm-hmm. He was the voice of Darkseid. Oh, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he was on ER. He is the voice of Sam Fisher in the Splinter Cell games. No. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, how, how are you listing all this and telling me that Jack Nicholson is cooler? <laughs> Come on. You might you might have a point there. Uh, he was General Lane, Lois Lane's father in Smallville. Mm. Uh, yeah. And so up until the day, he's still doing stuff. He like did uh, he did voices for a Transformers cartoon that came out in the past few years. He is J.P. Morgan on the show The Alienist. Question. So, yeah. Empty room. Uh-huh. No weapons. Yeah. Prime Michael Ironside uh-huh. versus Prime Lance Henderson. Shit. The testosterone <laughs> in that room. I think the deepness of their voices would like cause a singularity and everything would just collapse in on itself. I've never wanted to hear a rap battle between <laughs> two people more in my life. It's amazing. Yeah. So that that's uh that's who we have in this episode. Jack um James, the the insurance salesman, and Gloria, the I don't know why I'm going over this. this the is, innocent quote unquote. Yeah, yeah, lady. Yeah. So you want to go into the breakdown? Yeah, let's do let's it. Let's do it. So once again, this is season two, episode seven, the sacrifice, which aired May fifteenth, nineteen ninety. Episode starts with a chef version of the crib keeper making. A sickening snack. He needs a goat to sacrifice. And he looks down at a live goat. Yes. Who's standing right next to him. And he says, ah, dang. I need a virgin goat. I guess you're off the hook. So. He fucked that goat. (laughs) Record scratch. (laughs) Hi. I'm the Crib Keeper's goat. I guess you're wondering how I got myself in this situation. (laughs) So is he saying... Goat, I have fucked you, or goat, I know your sexual history. I took it as his fuck that goat. <laughs> I took it as his sexual history. He's like, <laughs> I know you're a little slut goat in the, you know. But yeah, I thought that I, I, I had to pause it 15 seconds what's, into the episode. What, and be like, what the fuck? What's worse, this puppet is into bestiality, or this puppet is slut shaming? <laughs> Let's go back to Ironside versus Hendrickson. So weird. And so the episode starts with a montage of the hotshot insurance salesman, James, traveling in a convertible to a swanky apartment building. He holds the elevator for a beautiful woman, Gloria. James notices that she is going to penthouse two and he's going to penthouse one. He says that he's there to sell insurance and that he can sell anything to anyone. He's the there to sell insurance 
to Sebastian. James meets Sebastian and notices all the stuff in his penthouse suite. You know, I don't think I said who was who when we were when I was going through like who who was in this episode. So we have uh, Kim Delaney as Gloria, mm-hmm. obviously. The lady. Um, Kevin uh, Kilner is is James, the hotshot insurance yeah. salesman. Don Hood is Gloria's husband, Sebastian, Sebastian. and Michael Ironsides is Jasper. Yes, I, I wrote his weird. name as Jerry. It's a, I think it's Jerry Jasper, but I think they they refer they to him refer as Jasper. As Jasper but I'm yeah. just going to say Jerry. Okay. Um, and there also is another credit. It did say on IMDb Willie Carpenter as Mallory. I couldn't figure out who that is. The cop. Oh, okay. It's the cop who interviews Gloria. You only see the back of his head. No, he has lines. No, no, but he, but but when he's saying those lines, he only, you only see the back of his head because uh, old boy is watching him from like the shadows at one point. Like, yeah. 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 Oh, well. It's small role, but still, yeah, anyway. shout out to Willie Carpenter. Yeah. And so James goes to the penthouse of Sebastian, and he notices all the fancy stuff in the apartment. Sebastian says, are you in all of everything in this room? James says, no. Good, says Sebastian. Only two things has ever made me in awe, money and pussy. <laughs> <laughs> this is such a scumbag. It's like scumbag the musical is this whole episode. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is really everyone in this episode's a scumbag. Oh yeah. Yeah. Except for the cop. The, oh, and the parrots. The parrot. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> the parrots. You just love animals. I do love you, animals. You, you yeah. never think that a parrot could be yeah. scummy. Sebastian shows James the view from the balcony. Sebastian says, you see out there? And James says, you mean LA? Sebastian says, no, that's money. Pussy and bullshit capital of the Western world. <laughs> God damn it, Sebastian. Why does he have to have that name, too? And like, he keeps saying it, and he says it so much, those parrots are like, money and pussy. Money, money and pussy. And pussy. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I paused right after that when he says money and pussy capital yeah. of the world. I look over at Natalie, and she's like shaking her head. It's like fucking <laughs> well, animals. I have house guests. Yeah, I'm trying to watch this episode while my mother-in-law's around. <laughs> Like, it's funny. It's one of those stereotypical moments where, like, you, you know, no one's watching you watch the episode and there's nothing going on. Right. The moment someone is, cro- like, walking across the room, money and pussy. Well, I was in the basement and that's when actually my stepson decided to come downstairs. Oh, God. <laughs> like, oh, no. Go back. Go back up. Go back hey, up. How's it going? <laughs> money and pussy. He shows James a parrot and the parrot, like we just said, says, money and pussy. <laughs> Sebastian says that he owns both penthouses, number one and number two, because he hates neighbors. And Sebastian is good friends with James's boss, Jerry Jasper. Basically saying, like, you know why you've been chosen to sell me life insurance is because your boss is my buddy, Mm -hmm. essentially. They start to negotiate Sebastian's life uh, insurance, and Sebastian requires 30% of James's commission on this sale. So, and I think even James says something along the lines like, "You already have millions. Why are you, yeah, you know, trying to get a cut of my commission on this sale?" And I think it's just a power move. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he, you know, he just like he, even just you know a measly thirty percent, like just because he got it, that's mm-hmm. a win. Yeah, doesn't matter how much it was. Right. Right. Then the beautiful woman from the elevator, Gloria, walks in and notices it's Sebastian's wife. Yeah, because she she had pressed the button for the other penthouse. penthouse yes. Yeah, and she never told him in the elevator that. Oh, by the way, we own both penthouses. Right. He just thought James just thought Gloria was Sebastian's A neighbor. neighbor. Yeah. So uh, as she walks in, they were just talking about James's boss Jerry, and she says that she hates Jerry. James and Gloria's eyes meet for. A long time. Yeah. Like, it's it's a long time. Yeah. She asks James where he lives, and he says, I live on a boat. It's called the Why Not. <laughs> LOL. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. The next day, Gloria is already at the marina. Yeah. Looking for James and his boat. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. Lady, simmer down. She sees him, and he says that he wasn't surprised that she stopped by. <laughs> Usually wives show up asking about beneficiaries on the life insurance policy of their husbands. 
She says, well, do you usually tell them? James says, if they're nice. <laughs> and Gloria says, oh, I can be nice. Real nice. And then they go hip to hip and lip to lip. Uh, there is a very slow, passionate sex scene with gratuitous back licking. <laughs> That's what I wrote in my notes. Yes. yes. And it was weird because, like, obviously it's, you know, they're not showing everything. Yeah. So, like, he's on top putting in the work. Yeah. Flips her over, licks the bottom of her back, the yeah. small of her back, then flips her over and finishes the job. Yeah. I'm not going to king shame this man. You know, <laughs> do, you do you, man. So afterwards, James tries to convince Gloria to kill Sebastian so they can be together because he's Which, in love with her. Wow. This is going from zero to 60. Like I just showed up your boat. Let's, let's kill your husband. We just met, you know, but he says, I love you. You're all that I want. Yeah. You're all I've ever wanted. And from my knowledge, it's been like 12 hours. Right. And in fact, at met. one point, I think he says, I love you. And she does not respond in kind. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Super weird. She is hesitant when he brings it up. Yeah. But he says she's exactly what he wants. Later at the penthouse, James arrives with all the documents and 30% commission in cash. Gloria says, hey, you're about to sign your life insurance policy. Let's celebrate by, by having drinks on the balcony. Yes. James James is inside the apartment setting up all the documentation, and his eyes meet Gloria's. It is definitely a signal to action. Gloria is drinking champagne outside as James tosses Sebastian over the balcony to his death. It's pretty comedic yeah. because he does, he just doesn't push him over. He pushes him over and Sebastian holds on to yeah, the Yeah, there's bar. a struggle. And I think it feels kind of real because it's not like in the movies. It's not like in the movies where someone just grabs someone by the collar and the their belt and just yeets them over a balcony. Right. There's a struggle. He, he struggles getting him over and then struggles trying to push him off the ledge that he's yes. holding on to. Oh, yeah. But he does. And he definitely falls to his uh, death with a wet thud. Yes. Yes. It was <laughs> kind of gross. Yeah. Gloria says, well, I guess it's my time to call the cops. With the cops there later, James, quietly hidden, overhears her talking to the detectives. The detectives say that Sebastian was, a, was about to put in a $10 million life insurance policy and have her as the beneficiary, but he never signed it. Yeah. In which she says, oh, well, I'm sure he meant well. The cops leave. Gloria and James are super hyped, and they're celebrating that everything worked out. Because Sebastian didn't sign, which means Gloria is not a suspect for murder. Yeah. So basically their plan is, let's not sign. Don't get him to sign the life insurance policy so when we kill him so we can be together, they won't think that you're a suspect because you're not getting paid. Yeah. So basically... Yeah. For some reason, she chose t this guy she met 12 hours ago for $10 million. <laughs> right. Supposedly. Right. There's some red flags here that he should be seeing. I mean, there's more red flags here than the May Day Parade in Moscow, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> you ever been in a room and everybody's just a piece of poop? Yeah. <laughs> and this whole, whole thing. So they plan on keeping a low profile, and then after a while start to publicly date and then they can finally yeah. be together. They're kind of planning everything out. But they're still moving kind of fast because they're like planning on being married within six months. Well, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they've met, had sex. He said he loved her and they killed her husband. This yeah. ain't that fast. Yeah. They're already, right. they're already at Mach 10. Right. 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 They you're, can't go much faster. I like how this is like, whoa, man. <laughs> Calm down. You've already gone through the first 18 steps. Most steps people wouldn't even do. Yeah. They're about to have sex. When the doorbell rings. Hey, this is something we've seen in a couple of episodes now, going back to Three's a Crowd, right? We have two couples in Three's a Crowd and in this episode mm -hmm. that are getting ready to do it, and there's some sort of interruption. There is a phone call or someone comes to the door. I'm going to give you a pro tip out there, people. You don't have to answer the phone or answer the door. Yes. <laughs> Especially if you're about to smash. Right. Don't worry about it. Yes. Yes. Don't worry about it. So James, like a fucking idiot, stops 
in, right in the middle, making out with his lady. Yeah. To answer the door, which, by the way, is not his place. Right. It's her apartment. Yeah. Why is he answering the door? He was just hiding from the cops. So right. no one should know that he's there. Right. That's one thing I noticed. I was like, he should not be the one answering the door. Right. I don't know. But anyway, it's James's boss, Jerry. What was it? Jerry Jasper? Jerry Jasper. Jerry Michael Ironsides. Michael Ironside. Gloria is immediately pissed the fuck off. Because, like she said, she hates Jerry. And she's tell, she tells Jerry to go to hell. Jerry says that he was once really close to Gloria. She even introduced her to Sebastian. They fell in love and got married. Jerry says that he's still in love with Gloria. So much so that he owns a penthouse directly across the street from this one. And his new hobby is photography. In which he used his camera and took photos last night, the night of the murder. Ooh. Ooh. You dirty dog. <laughs> and... He shows them the photos. And with, they're really good photos, yeah, actually. They're yeah. professionally done. Yeah, Michael Ironsides is a great photographer. He's a great everything. Yeah. He demands to share Gloria, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. He says, I will have her from dusk till dawn. And you can have her anytime in between. Mm -hmm. James is a. I think he's probably just going to kill this guy. Yeah, he wants to. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah. like, you son of a bitch, I'll fucking kill you sick. You know, but obviously they don't they're getting blackmailed. They don't want to go to jail for Sebastian's murder. Mm -hmm. So Jerry James says, When does it start? And Jerry's like, ah, about this evening. Yeah. You know, it's kind of weird about this. He's being honest. Michael Ironside's character is being honest in here. He's telling you everything. Yeah. He's just he's not telling you the complete truth, but he is telling you a truth. Like, I'm obsessed with her. I moved in the apartment across the street mm -hmm. so I could watch her. Yeah. Right? And it sounds creepy. And it is creepy. But he's telling you the truth. He's actually talking about their relationship. The hey, I, I moved across the street to be close to her. Now, he doesn't say why. He makes, he just makes it sound like it's creepy. Like, he's, like I said in the description, that he's stalking her. Yeah. It's not quite what's happening. To me, the actions that he's taking, like snooping, the photography, mm -hmm. living across the street, those are creepy actions. Yeah. But Michael motherfucking Ironside's delivery yeah. is menacing. Oh, yeah. Because he, like, Michael Ironside is the kind of actor that if he just lists off the ingredients of a Big Mac, yeah. I would shit my pants. Right, right. Like I said, he has that understated aura of menace. Yeah. And I don't think that's something that you can necessarily teach. No. It's just something that someone who has that acting ability. And I would actually like like to meet him. And I bet he's like, oh, hey, how's it going? I'm Michael Ironside. What's up? And then the camera's rolled. He's like, tomato, pickles, like, ah, extra shit. sauce, <laughs> lettuce, cheese. No, Michael Ironside, no. <laughs> so Jerry says, we'll start this evening. Then fades to black and then it presumably it's it weeks days later. later it's yeah. weeks later james is alone he's got the five o'clock shadow he's clearly disheveled and he's having flashbacks of all that has happened uh, falling in love with gloria yeah killing sebastian everything we saw within the past 10 minutes back-to-back -back episodes yeah. where useless not needed flashbacks right happen gloria shows up at the apartment and she is not looking good no her makeup is all smeared her hairstyle is different it looks like like bad 80s high hair or right big hair yeah uh and she is exhausted she can barely stand right james says well, what can i do and she says the same thing you've done for the last three months nothing so it's been three months yeah so basically for three months straight from dusk till dawn Jerry has had his way with her. Yeah. He's, she says this particular night, he made her walk into a grocery store and hire homeless people to watch her and Jerry have sex. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she goes on and on and on about how disgusting these homeless people are. Yeah. Like they can't help it. Gloria. Come on. <laughs> She, why she's got to like bum shame yeah <laughs> while she's in this predicament 
you know, James is fed up by what Gloria says. And he says there isn't anything. And Gloria says there is nothing that can be done about it. On another evening, Gloria is comes home in a really gold jacket. Yeah. It's blinding. Yeah. And so in her golden jacket, she looks for James. She can't find him. And then she realizes, oh, well, he's probably at his boat. Mm-hmm. So she goes to his boat. And he's there, almost passed out, like he's really groggy on the bed. And she says, what did you do? And she notices pill bottle. Yeah. And he says, I took 48 pills. Jeez, That's dude. That's a lot of pills. Whoa. Yeah. Right. He gives her a note saying, which says that he killed Sebastian and Gloria had nothing to do with it. And this is the moment. This is probably the best part of the episode where yeah. like, it's this moment where she's like, oh my God. Ha ha. Gotcha. Yeah. And so she starts to burn it as he's like loopy. Like he is in yeah. the middle of dying. It's not like a sudden death, but he's. It's a wrap. I, I don't think he realizes in that state as he's dying, like, what's happening. No, he does not. Yeah. No. And we'll talk about that hmm. when we talk about the comic. Okay. Why I like it way more. Hmm. And so as he's dying, she burns the note of his confession. And she puts her fingers over his eyes to close his lids. And she says, thank you, my poor, dumb darling. Aww. She gets out, gets out, out of the boat and walks to a car where Jerry is. They start to laugh, and they're very happy that they got away with their plan. Gloria says, thanks to your plan, and Jerry says, and you're acting. And they drive away. Later, at the penthouse, the parrot yells, help, Gloria! It's a nice little (laughs) jab. Yeah, it's repeating what uh, Sebastian said before he fell. Yes. Yeah. And... It fades to black. Uh, right afterwards, uh, the Crypt Keeper is hanging himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it has nothing to do with the intro. The intro yeah. and outro are like a separate yeah. thing. There's no yeah. connecting them. And so he says at least James's death got a laugh out of a dame. Yeah. And that was pretty huh. much it. Well, he, he hangs himself and he's like, this is suicide? I thought that'd be more of a jolt. Mm-hmm. Like... I think we're learning the Crypt Keeper is into goats and autoerotic asphyxiation. We learned a lot. We learned a lot about his personality today. And this is the first time we've seen this full-size puppet. Yes. Yeah, because they show like a full length. He's got to be what? Four feet tall? Yeah, with giant feet. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> he can hang from trees with those things. He's well hung. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, in a couple senses, apparently. I was talking about because he was hanging from a noose. I thought because he had big feet. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, well, also, he's got a giant penis. <laughs> well, really? <that> too. Wow. <laughs> That's why he has to wear a, uh, a robe. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's not. Okay. Back to the story. Um, so, clearly, at the end is the big reveal that this whole thing was a plan yeah. all along. To drive this poor man. To suicide. To suicide. Well, first, well, she... And Jerry were in love this whole time. Yes, yeah. They needed to find a, a dupe. A, a, yeah, a scapegoat. Yeah, not a scapegoat. Like he actually did it. So yeah. a patsy. Yeah. Um, to kill her husband so they could be together. Uh-huh. So their whole scheme was, you pretend to fall in love with the, the the next dumbass you meet. Right. Have him kill your husband, and then we'll drive him insane to the point of murder it or suicide. It wasn't even the next dumbass you meet because Jerry sent him over there. He was a mark oh, from the start. Oh, shit. They chose yeah. him from the beginning. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Damn, that was good. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. You're right. He did. Because Sebastian said, do you know why you're making this sale? It's because mm-hmm. your boss told me you were the best. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's another love. That's like a whole another layer. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. But yeah, I mean, it was okay. It I was, was, I was like, when I was watching it, I was like, shit, this is fucking dark because it's like the whole thing is like oh he is co- coercing her and just raping her night yes. after night after night and they're they're making this dude believe that's what's happening it's, so it's it, it i will agree that it's it's, it's a very mean spirited episode yes it's not like oh that isn't what's happening but they're making this man believe it's happening and they you know 
it, it sucks when someone you like, and I'm sure you've been in this situation before. I think we all have where someone you like, or that you're in love with is with someone else. Mm-hmm. It sucks real bad. Um, and they took that, they took that feeling and they raised it to the nth degree. I twisted it. Yeah. yeah for sure. Yeah. And it just drove this dude to, to suicide. Yeah. I mean, their goal was to drive him to madness. So I think the, the most poignant aspect of it is just the viciousness. Yeah. Because in the previous episodes, most of them have to deal of this season with relationships. Mm-hmm. We talked about jealousy and love, lust, and manipulation. Mm-hmm. This is ultimate manipulation. Yeah. This is the gross 10th degree right. of it, manipulation. It's, it's almost like the, I think, inverse of Three's a Crowd, right? Where they are doing things that seem suspicious, they are not meaning to, and it drives this guy crazy. Mm-hmm. Or that guy crazy. In this one, it is we are intentionally driving you to kill yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You performed your duty. Now we're trying to get rid of you. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So would you count that as murder? It's absolutely murder. I mean, uh, there was a young woman who told her boyfriend to kill himself because he was he was suicidal and was. Oh ca- shit! Was this the guy who? Um, was in a car in a garage? Yes, I think it's something like something to that okay. effect. Or no, he was he his car was in the parking lot. And he put a hose from his tailpipe into the, his car. Okay, um, but he was suicidal. It's like I want to kill myself, and she's like, "Okay, go ahead and do it." I mean, there's more to the story, but that's the basic gist of it. And she, I think, she was convicted for murder or manslaughter. Wow. Yeah. So fucked up. I know usually I have a bit more detail about these cases, but I I didn't expect to be talking about that one. Oh no. That's good. I mean, I, I remember hearing about it. I don't know much about it, but I do remember like all the text messages and voicemails about her essentially manipulating him or at least going along with his mental illness led to his death. Right. Yeah. I mean, you do have a certain, I think legally they expect you to have a certain degree of like care or responsibility for people around you. And when you do something like that, yeah, you're going to go to, you're going to go to murder. You're going to go, you're going to go to murder. You're going to go to jail. You're going to go to prison. Right. So, I mean, overall, I mean, Michael Ironside is definitely the MVP if you don't already know. And I just feel like it's the way they present everything. It's a little convoluted. Yeah. But there's a little extra twist of the knife in the comic that I appreciate. We will What's get, that? We will get there. Okay. Well, at the, basically, at the end of the TV episode, James is so loopy from, I mean, he's dying yeah. from an overdose that he doesn't understand. And I think the character in the comic, he knows. He knows the final twist. Oh, okay. Because it says specifically that the last thing he heard while alive was her confession saying this whole thing was, Oh, and to me, that's the extra. Yeah. Yeah. The extra little fuck you, you know? So (laughs) I did not write down. I didn't, I didn't do it. uh, A synopsis for this one because it's almost one for one. The same. Pretty much. Uh, The names are almost the same, except Jerry Jasper is not Jerry Jasper. He is Paul. He is Paul for some reason. And that's a very awkward moment when they reveal his name. <laughs> He's like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's some blackmailing you. You might as well know. My name is Paul. Right. Hello. Yeah. And he has no connection to them. No, not uh, he's, he's not James's. Boss. He's he's actually just a stalker. Like he's just a guy. Yeah, just a guy. So you want to go into it? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, oh wait, wait, wait. Yeah, real quick. The, uh, this is by uh, Al Feldstein and Bill Gaines. They they did the writing for it. Uh, the art is by Jack Kamen, and as always, the coloring by the great Marie Severin. Legend. And this, uh, let me actually wrote it down. It is uh, shock, like you said, shock suspense stories number ten from August nineteen fifty three. It's the cover story, and I believe the cover is also by Jack Kamen. Yes, the cover is him pushing the Sebastian character whose name I can't remember at the moment. In fact, uh, he might not have, Oh, it's Jonathan. Yeah. It is Jonathan. Yeah. Jonathan. That's Sebastian. I don't know why they went from Jonathan. Well, I think maybe because there's too many J names. Yeah. I noticed that 
comics at the time, well, all comics, even up to today, they try to prevent characters from having the same sounding names, yeah. especially with the first letter, which is funny because a lot of characters that Stan Lee wrote for Marvel, mm-hmm. he made sure their first and last names had the same letter. Yeah. So he could remember them. Yeah. Peter Parker, mm-hmm. Scott Summers. Yeah. I just thought that was that Miss was kind Marvel. Of yes. Yeah. It was pretty interesting. Um I think the way he the the James character or Jim character looks on the cover you can come around and look at this uh because i have it up right now mm-hmm. he looks like harry or not norman osborne except without like the weird like wavy hair wavy yeah dual colored hair yeah right yeah i totally remember it anyway it, once again art is beautiful mm-hmm. it's it they do a really great job of showing a skeezy person just by their facial expression yeah because you could just have a smiling person, but the way that they do that, the lines around the face, mm-hmm. you get that sense of like, oh, they're yeah, they're slimy. They're smiling because they're crooked. Yeah, and I think that is really evident on Gloria's face. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, because she's just a dirtbag from the get go. Yeah. She doesn't. I don't even think she even pretends to be a decent person. The way she's looking at uh, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. Uh, James James throughout it like in the beginning like she has this like almost predatory look yeah yeah it changes later on when she's trying to trick him but in the beginning like she looks super sinister she's very aggressive yes yeah for sure are we ready yeah so what I thought was cool was at the very beginning essentially this story is narrated by James Mm -hmm. which I liked Mm -hmm. and it starts off with a splash page of him, of him writing his confession note, and instead of pills, he's ta- he's drinking poison. Yeah. to c- commit suicide. Because you can just pick that up anywhere. Just poison. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just anything with scrolling crossbones on. It. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, so once again, it begins with a confession note and a suicide by poison. He is confess he is confessing to the murder of Jonathan Fielding. Then it flashbacks to the very beginning of how this whole story started. James is selling life insurance to Gloria's husband, Jonathan. Gloria and James' eyes meet, and James is instantly in love. Gloria says, I think your policy is just what is needed. It's very, hmm, what do you mean by that, lady? (laughs) Later, she calls James and says, I need to see you. Come here. My My husband won't be here. He arrives, and they immediately kiss. She tries to convince James to kill Jonathan. He initially refuses. So there's a big difference. In the TV show, James is the one who goes, hey, we should kill your husband. In this one, she's like, please kill my husband. I think in the show, it kind of implies, once you see the whole thing, once you see the whole picture, that she was kind of nudging him to that idea. Yeah. Here, she's like, "Push, push the asshole off the balcony. Yeah. He's like, I can't. That's murder. I just slept with his wife. Right. You know. Later, they're celebrating on the balcony of the sale of the life insurance. James tosses Jonathan over the balcony and kills him. Gloria and James embrace. It was pretty funny because she goes, oh, the horrible screams. I'll never get him out of my head. And he goes, it's over, darling. It's over. Like they're victims. (laughs) Yeah. They just killed a guy. And they're like, oh, no, the screams. Yeah. Well, that's that's her playing to his sympathies. Right. Yeah. Right. Saying, like, I didn't want to do it, but I wanted to do it to be with you. And, and you know, she's acting like a victim Yeah. to get comfort from him and kind of ensnare him further. Yellow dog. <laughs> James, playing his part, tells police that Jonathan never signed the insurance policy. Therefore, Gloria is off the hook. And it's kind of a cool twist than the TV show because the cops kick him out. Right. They're like, don't you see this woman just yeah. lost her husband? Get out of yeah. here. Because he's just an insurance salesman. Right. He's like, yeah. oh, by the way, he didn't sign this. And they're like, get the fuck out of here. Later. And like, because like, because like, I think they kick him out because they're like, you're just delivering more bad news. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Right. Yeah. Right. Later, Jonathan's death is officially ruled accidental. Gloria and James are in bed together celebrating. The phone rings and Gloria answers. She says it's a man named Paul and that he knows about the murder. 
And if they don't let him up, he'll tell. So once again, you don't have to answer the phone. Yeah, this whole thing could just unplug the phone. Right. Yeah. So Paul introduces himself as a guy who... Real quick, though, there was one thing that made me laugh. Like when Gloria hangs on the phone and she's like, this guy's coming up here because he says he knows about our husband, my husband's murder. And James is like, murder? Right. (laughs) Like, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) I thought thought it was more like, oh, shit. He said murder. (laughs) So he knows we did it. I would have been like, what do you mean? Yeah, what murder? What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Mm, Weird. Paul introduces himself as the guy who owns the penthouse from across the street and that he witnessed Jonathan's murder. He blackmails them. He wants Gloria in exchange for his silence. James is about to attack him, but Gloria stops him and agrees to save James from the electric chair. So this isn't a thing where they take shifts. Yeah. It's just, she's going to be my wife Mm -hmm. in exchange for my silence. But she keeps coming home to the penthouse too. Well, he says uh, something along the lines of, hey, I work nine to five. I get home at six. I demand you were at my place every night. Oh, okay. Okay. So basically her days are free because he's got work. Yeah. <laughs> he's got to fit his blackmail between the right. shifts. Right. Yeah. Well, I know blackmail doesn't always pay all the bills. Bills. Bales? Blackmail. Blackmail doesn't pay all the bills. And this isn't paying any bills. This kind of blackmail. Right. So. Right. Money and pussy. <laughs> Paul says, you'll be my wife. The first night as Paul's basically his slave. Yeah. At least that's what James views it as. Yeah. Gloria goes to James disheveled, saying that she feels filthy. In months that followed, it just keeps getting worse and worse. Finally, James has had enough, and he writes a confession note to free Gloria of her guilt. He takes the poison, and shortly after, Gloria shows up. He says that he is in and out of consciousness, and he tells Gloria that she is now free, that he has mailed his confession to the police, and that he has taken poison. And he's going to kill himself. And Gloria says, it's about time, sucker. (laughs) 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 She, God damn it. She calls Jonathan. Or no, it's not John. It's a she call. Yeah, she calls Paul. (coughs) She calls Paul. The last thing James hears before his death is Gloria saying, Paul, darling, I told you it would work. James is dead, and his confession of absolving me has already been sent to the police. Pack your things to move in with me. The end. This is, in my opinion, so much better than the episode. Yeah. Because it the ending okay. is so mean. The last thing Paul, or not Paul, but um, James, yeah. hears. He hears the twist. He hears that he's been played. Yeah, and that, that is that is a nice twist of the knife. Mm-hmm. However, I have one question for you. Huh. Who the fuck's he telling the story to? He's a first person narrator who's dying. Telling himself, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> I hate that trope. You see it in so much <laughs> so much like written horror fiction. Like it was a you know, it, it, it comes up a couple times like HP Lovecraft, like, you know, a dude's gonna throw himself out the window to commit suicide. He's like, the window, the window. Or he's being grabbed by a monster, he's like, its claws are on me. Like, why are you still fucking writing, dude? Right, right. <laughs> for sure. So yeah, uh I guess I enjoyed it, but yeah, I think I'll enjoy the episode more. Yeah. I yeah. like the comic a little more because that last ha 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 and and even the last thing is like could you imagine being James and the very last thing is come grab your stuff you can come move in with yeah me. and then you're dead yeah bam yeah Oof. Well, like even then like when she's laughing at him and saying oh it's about time he's still like you can divorce him right like he's still like what I yeah don't understand come on. How much of it's about time, sucker? Yeah. Like, damn, do you need to oh, hear? <laughs> what a, it's like in the last episode where the guy's like, Well, I guess my plan's gone to shit. What do you mean? I killed your husband. <laughs> and she's like, Ah, you sucker. She's you throwing up so many red flags throughout this. Her, even her dress is red. Oh, yeah. She is a, <laughs> a red flag factory. <laughs> but I mean, he, 
he's a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's not, you know. Yeah. It's not like no one's gold here. Right. So. Right. He killed someone and the 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 true villains, however, get away with it. Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. But yeah, that's the story. I, I thought, I mean, I give the episode a C plus and I'll give huh. the comic like a B minus. Wow. Huh. Like they're good. That's good. I think they're both B efforts. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I get that. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely solid, but it definitely is more of the, sorry. Uh, it definitely was more of the the crime, because it was from yeah. shock suspense story. So right. it's it's not horror, right? It's more just like I mean, no, no, it is absolute horror. Like those last few minutes when he's dying and he realizes like he's been had. That's right. horror. Yeah, I could see that. I just felt like it was just more like a um, drama slash. Um, I'm trying to. I'm just drawing a. Blank. It's just it's a it's just a crime story. Yeah. 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 But so, and then we've seen a lot of those this season. Oh yeah. yes, yes we have. But the next one is a dinger. Yes, it is. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so next time we'll be covering for crying out loud, which is the eighth episode of the second season, based on the story once again from Shock Suspense Stories. This time number fifteen. Absolutely, it's yeah. a great story. I can't wait. This is gonna be a fun one. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Yeah. Uh, once again, want to thank Wolves Den Printing and one hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's and awesome. The great thank mustachio you so much. And the great mustachio for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Wolves den for everything you've done for our podcast. We definitely love you. Yeah. Appreciate you. And we have social media. We do. You can catch me on Twitter at horror Ryan. And you can find me at Mr. Spooky Bruce. My voice cracked right then. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> and you can catch us on Instagram or Twitter at Cryptkeepers Pod. Yes, you can. And we also have email. It's Cryptkeepers Show at the gmail.com. At the gmail.com. I've said that every episode. That's the first time you've caught on. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> we want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. And send us your suggestions, your thoughts on the episode, your leave, thoughts on the comments. Leave a rating on your favorite podcatcher of choice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And until the next time. See you soon, kitties. Honey, wussy! <laughs>